girl, I feel like Anna Nicole Smith might be the coolest person we've ever covered on this she podcast. She was pretty great. I had no idea. I was one of those idiots who believed all the hype about all the bad stuff. Oh, really? I yeah. just remember, Anna Nicole, she's so outrageous. <laughs> I think that was like the beginning of her reality show. Yes! Hi, Jillian Benzavalli. Hi, Patrick Hines. Hey, fam. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, let me tell you what we got coming up. Our very next live show on our summer spring tour where we're covering the jinx. We're in Seattle, Wednesday, August 9th, LA, Friday, August 11th, then New York City with our Broadway dancers doing a whole big Broadway style show, August 26th. And then we're in Obsessed Fest in Dallas, October 20th to the 22nd, where we're doing the jinx live there. Oh, wow. I know. We got a lot going on. And just like one little plug for my book party. London, I'm coming Friday. August 4th. Please come and see me. That's in Soho, right? It's a little club in Soho. It's like 150 seats. We're almost sold out. Cute. I really want you to come. I can't wait to do this across the pond. So oh, that's fun. All. That'll be fun. And fam, come to Obsessed Fest. We've got like 50 podcasters coming, all your favorite true crime folks. We've got live shows and meet and greets and meetups and drag brunch and drag bingo. We're bringing the people from Guinness because we are breaking the Guinness <laughs> Book of World Records Again? for the largest drag brunch. Last year was 900 people. This year it's even more than that. <gasps> like a weekend of making new friends and hanging out. We're doing the Garbage Ball on Saturday night after the TCO live show. It's a big dance party where all, all the talent is going to be there. All the listeners are going to be there. Oh my God. We're all going to dance and sing. You're doing your Taylor Swift sing-along yeah, during the weekend. people still want it, I'm doing it. Oh my God. I'm so... So go to ObsessedFest.com to get your tickets. Tickets are selling fast, but there's still some left. Okay, fun. Tell them what we're talking about today. So this is um, like a 2020 news special. It's yeah. called Anna Nicole Tragic Beauty. It's about Anna Nicole Smith. A white female. She's not breathing and she's not responsive. She's um, actually Anna Nicole Smith. This morning, tragic beauty. Anna Nicole Smith died. Anna Nicole Smith has died. Anna, Anna, one more time. She might have been one of the most famous faces in the world. Shooting for guests makes Anna Nicole Smith a star. Ba, 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 boom. Wow. She was ridiculed, but... There's a whole story the public doesn't know. People have a perception that she was this dumb blonde. She wasn't. I'm fine. I'm well. I'm here. Every single thing I touch has a story to it. She snagged a very rich man who was near death. One of the world's richest men. Anna never gave about money. She loved Mr. Marshall tremendously. He left her nothing. Zero. So it begins at the end in September. Well, it starts like 10 times, first of all. <laughs> 2020 does this to us. I know. You know what I mean? You kind of never know where to start taking notes, so I just jump in. I know, me My too. fingers are, sometimes I sit down, it's like four in the morning when I start these things, and I'm just raring to go. Just raring to go. Okay, great. I got my coffee. I've got one of those like self-heating mugs. It's like, my, I look forward to it so much. Um, it's July. I, Why are you drinking listen, hot things? When I go to Dunkin', I still get a hot coffee no matter what the temp is You're outside. Out of your mind. I know. Also, if you like it, like it, do it. I don't care. <laughs> okay, great. So, fam, it's September 2006. We learned that Anna Nicole Smith had desperately wanted a little girl. She wanted a little girl to treat like a princess and give her everything she'd ever had. Danny Lynn is born, and that was like her dream. But we learned that five months later is when Anna Nicole Smith dies. Yeah, Anna Nicole Smith did not have 
she had a very hard life. It wasn't easy for her. A lot of people were just like giving her shit all the time. Like, I think she tried really hard to do what she wanted to do. And what's so great about this episode of 2020, we really learn how she became, she came from nothing. She came from nothing. And she built herself up. People think she just married that rich guy. That guy left her no fucking no. money. Yeah. Everything she had and everything she was was self-made. Anna Nicole Smith made it all herself. It's true. So we jump to 2020. We meet Danny Lynn's dad, a guy named Larry. Larry Burke. He's he was like famous. Yeah, and he's great for he, this. But... He looks like a, a famous country singer whose name I can't think of. Oh, okay. Maybe Nicole Kidman's husband. He also has. Oh, who is that? Keith Urban. Keith Urban. Sure. Keith Urban. Unless he's garbage, I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> come on, Tom. Um, <laughs> come out of the closet. It's me, Nicole. <laughs> I mean, that poor woman. But Larry's lower third is 2020 consultant. Yes. He's, I mean, he's getting paid for this. Good for you, Larry. Yeah. We meet Danny Lynn, who is the daughter, Anna Nicole's daughter. Danny Lynn's a teenager now. And, you know, she doesn't really know a ton of things about her mom. I thought, why not go back to Anna's beginnings and kind of see where Anna got her start? It's keeping her memory alive for my daughter. I kind of can't take it because Danny Lynn is so sweet. She's like 13. She's so cute. You can see her mother in her. Oh, you can, yeah. But she like loves her dad and she's playful and like she's very I hate to always like make this about me and my family, <laughs> but Daisy is always always asking about her birth mom. Yeah. And we have very limited information. We tell her everything we possibly can because Rosie O'Donnell told me to, so I do. <laughs> and so, like, I, I just, I was like, I can't emotionally, like, this little girl learning about her mother and, like, the tragic story, I'm very glad that we didn't have to watch that. We see Danny yeah. Lynn only a couple times and she seems fucking great. Yeah. But it broke my heart. And 2020 seems pretty respectful of the fact that as a 13-year-old, maybe she doesn't love being on camera yep. and it feels like they're not trying to force her. And she's got, like, braces. And, I know, you know, she's adorable. She's so cute. Cute and sweet, but like someday, like sh she's gonna learn about her mom, and I'm so glad that like 2020 is putting together this in such a respectful. Like she'll have this to watch, yes, almost like some salacious way. Yeah. But you know, like we'll get there. But like having done the Whitney Houston documentary, it's just everybody around Anna Nicole Smith failed her. Yes, when you get so famous and you get so rich or whatever that like no one can say no to you, that is such a dangerous place to be. And it was like better for some people to have her quote medicated. You yes. know, we see this a lot. Yes. Yes. with Whitney, right? So we meet Joe McLemore, yeah. who's Anna Nicole's BFF, and she tells us, like, the Anna Nicole backstory. Yeah, because, like, she was Anna Nicole's BFF back when she was, like, a poor, young country girl. Back when she was Vicky Lynn Hogan back growing up in Houston, Texas. Yeah, and, like, you know, there comes a point in the story where, like, Anna Nicole doesn't see her anymore, and it feels like not out of any kind of, like, I'm better than you. Just, no. like, their lives just go in different directions. Yes. But she's here, and, like, she really, it's very important to Joe to tell Danny about her mom, and there's this beautiful moment in the parking lot where Danny Lynn and Joe meet for the first time. Yeah. Hi, so good to meet you. Nice to meet you too. After all this time. Oh my goodness. You are your mommy. You look just like her. When I first met her, that's exactly what I remember. Just like that. You're so beautiful. Okay. And she's like, you look just like your mother did at that age. And then they show us a picture of Anna Nicole at that. It is it could be a picture of Danny Lynn. Yeah. 
So Anna Nicole's mom was named Virgie. I love that name. And Virgie was 16 when she had Anna Nicole. Sometimes they call her Vicky. So if you hear someone saying Vicky, they're talking about Anna Nicole before she became Anna how Nicole. Because like Anna Nicole's not her real name. Right. But her mom was 16 when she got married. Yeah. Married and gave birth to Vicky, who became Anna Nicole. Her mother was a deputy sheriff. Which surprised me because I imagine that she had a very hard scrabble life and maybe her mom didn't work for whatever reason or whatever. No, her mom was like a deputy fucking sheriff. Yeah. And they they say that she was really strict and stern and like, you know, you're a single mom raising like a young girl. I get it, Virgie. I get it. Virgie. I know. I love it. You think it's short for Virginia? I think so. Probably. Yeah. Virgie. I love I'll that I'll take name. Virgie. I know. Also, Deborah Roberts is here. She's our ABC News correspondent. Do yes. you remember her from this influencer of Soho, the Anna Delvey? She was the oh. one who sat down with Anna Delvey where she was like, will you fucking level with me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, yeah. And Anna would be like, you just Paul. Don't be so Paul. <laughs> That's Deborah Roberts. I love her. We, we learned that like at a young age, Anna Nicole was sexually and physically abused. Yes. They don't tell us by who, but yeah. that was a part of her story like in her young life. And so Anna Nicole was sent to live with her aunt and her cousins in a, quote, small, dusty town named Mejia, Texas. But Anna Nicole hated it. We had nothing in Mejia. We didn't have a bowling alley. We didn't have anything. What we did is it was called the drag. And you go up and down the street and you drink beer <laughs> and you talk to people and hang out the window. Hello. And things like that. That was it. They had what they called the drag, and I'm not like a cool, not 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 the RuPaul kind. Yeah, no, no. They it was like a like a like a strip of road where you would like drive up and down, and they say like hang out the window and wave at people. Yeah, I'm sure there was some lip syncing for your life going on. <laughs> however, in those parts, this reminded me of like the spring break when I was in college, and my best friend Eric and my sister and I drove down to Daytona, Florida, <gasps> to go to Daytona. That's like the spring break place, right? That in like it Cancun or was- something. Awful. Yeah. We, we were in, so like on the day. you dragged kicking and screaming? I can't believe it. Yes. I, well, I mean. Then, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> but we went, you drive up and down the beach. Like you drive, like you just drive in a circle up and down Ooh. the beach. And Ooh. I was, we had a game where I was trying to look really straight and scare people. Oh. Because I had facial hair. And you were how old? I was 20, I think. Oh, wow. I, and I had two pierced ears with hoop earrings. I don't think I pulled it off. Incredible. You know what I mean? No. I don't think I pulled it off. Everyone was like. What's that gay guy doing <laughs> cruising out here? <laughs> that What's that very unscary gay guy doing? Yeah. Why is he making that face? What is that super approachable, <laughs> not at all intimidating gay guy doing cruising? This he is seems a straight so area. Nice. This is a straight area. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Gay Person. <laughs> yeah. You're a couple blocks over, sweetie. Oh, my God. <laughs> we see Aunt Kay's house, like where Anna lived during that time. Yeah. It's abandoned now, but they say it was a two-bedroom, but we turned the porch into a third bedroom. One of these kids lived literally lived on the porch. Yeah, I hope they had, it was screened in at least. I hope, the bugs in Texas. I was going to say, those, you know what those, I mean? What, they have things like more than mosquitoes, right? I, I mean, are you kidding That's me? That's like, I don't They know. have bugs the I've size of there. your fucking face. That's like South Carolina. They call it the palmetto, they're like palmetto bugs, no, the flying no, cockroaches. No, 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 They're all in our mouths, sorry. <laughs> they're in all of our mouths now. Um, Anna Nicole dropped out of high school. In, <laughs> I know. I know. Sometimes you say it, and I'm able to ignore it, that time I wasn't. That was a little bit of a delayed reaction. I felt the bug in my mouth. It's, you know why? I'm going to be really honest Please. with you. Misery loves company. So if I feel it, I oh have to say God. that loud so I'm not alone. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. You know, her best friend Joe says she been hoping for, you know, a better environment for herself. And at that point, we invited her to come live with us. 
Joe's family invited her. Probably Anna was the one living on the porch. So they invited, Joe's family invited her to come live with them. And I just kept saying over and over, like, Aunt Kathy, best friend Joe's family, God fucking love the people who take care of other people. It's true. You know? And so Joe also, it's sort of like, Anna Nicole, this is your life. We're going to all of the, her favorite haunts, I guess. And Joe takes us to Crispy's, which is the fried chicken (laughs) joint they worked at together. I mean, I just wrote like, this is so Americana. I cannot fucking stand. Like, in, in, a, in the best way possible. Crispies. It's like Crispy's, the fried chicken joint. It's like in the one streetlight town. There's one restaurant, whatever. And like, you can just see gorgeous Anna Nicole at I like know. 17 years Stunning. old. I mean, just like like sitting there like hoping for a better life, which she totally <laughs> gets. She totally you know? <laughs> so, Did you like hope, hope for, for a better life? I like life. The, ha- the hands. <laughs> Oh, cute. Oh, I'm sweet. Um, you are sweet. I'm, 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 uh, what's the word? Uh-oh. Uh, terminally approachable. <laughs> That's so true. Terminally approachable. I love that. Thank you. That's really sweet. <laughs> I love it. Anna Nicole marries the guy who works the fryer. His name is Billy Smith. They were 16 and 17 years old. So they were 16 and 17 years old. They start dating and then all of a sudden they're getting married. And once again, I say, who is letting a 16 and 17 year old get fucking married? I don't know. This isn't the 1940s. This was like the 80s. But then we hear the saddest thing you're going to hear all week. Oh my God. Anna Nicole has her son when she's 18 and she says, I thought to myself, I'm so lonely. And I thought, well... If I have a baby, I'll never be lonely again. And I have my son, and I'm not lonely, and I love him, and he's great and wonderful. So I had my son, and I'm not lonely anymore. That is heartbreaking. And it's like, like she's a cool person, but that is also a really fucked up thing to put on your kid. Yes. Like, don't have a kid to be your friend. Right, because that, it's just Which is not... what my older sister will tell you my mother did with all four of us. Oh, God. Yeah, my sister and my mom have some issues. Yeah. But that also, like, <laughs> then that's the whole dynamic in the relationship. Yes. And then anything that, I'm not putting this on anyone, but, like, it could possibly be. Yes. Where, like, then that becomes, like, resentment because the kid just wants to be a kid and not my mom's friend. Of and like, course. What? And then you're drinking together. We all seen my so-called life. We know what happens. Come on. You know what I mean? Rainy. <laughs> so in 1986, Vicky, a.k.a. Anna Nicole, leaves Billy, moves back to Houston to live with her mom, Virgie. But now we hear about how wild Houston, <laughs> Texas was back in the 80s. I just wrote, coming out of this commercial, we hear that Houston was either the most like amazing place to live in or like the dirtiest. They, they used the word tawdry. It was a place to make bad decisions and not really be held accountable. <laughs> Strip know. clubs were invented there. Breast implants were invented, were developed there. People were always making themselves up there, we're told. So Anna Nicole needs money. All of her jobs weren't paying enough. Yes. So she decides to get a job at a strip club. Great. Because she's like thinking it's the quickest way to make money. She's got to support and cash. her cash. But like this is the beginning of us seeing her real entrepreneurial spirit. She's got to make money. She's got to make money for her kid. She tried working at Walmart. It doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. And like Anna Nicole also never was like, I'm so gorgeous. I'm going to like take these men for all they're worth. She's sort of like, will they like me? Well, she was really self-conscious and terrified at first. The day that I went on to dance the first time, I, I ran out because I was so horrified and so ashamed of myself, but when I was driving to work, I looked down and saw all this money in my, and I was like, wow, and it was like $50. <laughs> like, whoa, $50. And back then, that was a lot of money for me. She was like, shit, I'm making good money. Like, I I, I, I want to move past this and do it. What's so great, too, is they have archival interviews with Anna Nicole for, on, like, various TV shows. She's yeah. like, so I got the job, didn't realize it was topless till yeah. I got there. <laughs> Just thought uh, she was like dancing in sexy clothes, which like sometimes that's part of it. But no. I also love that the topless part was not a deal breaker for her. She's yeah. like, whatever, I'm just gonna take, I'm gonna show my tits. It was just something for her to 
get past. Yes. I'd be self-conscious, girl. I get it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. If, like, if I'm not wearing 15 layers walking down the street <laughs> in New York City, I'm self-conscious. How you doing on July 5th? Oh, look, it's 98 degrees. I don't want to make my body anybody else's problem. Hey! <laughs> don't say that about my friend Patrick. Thank you. I have a winning personality, and I'm terminally approachable, as we've discovered. Yes. But terminally makes it sound like you're dying. No, I just mean, like, I'll probably get killed that way. <laughs> you know what but I, I just mean? say? Sounds like you're dying. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, don't do that. Okay. We have to change. That was like cute until it wasn't. <laughs> we also meet Jamie Floyd, who's an ABC legal analyst. Yeah. And he says, and I quote, you know, I'm a criminal defense attorney. I've represented my share of strippers. Jamie? <laughs> so Anna is living with her friend, Melissa. Her son is living with her mom. And she wants her son to move in with her because her biggest fear is that like her son, Daniel, is going to forget about her. Right. Remember, she's doing all of this. She's doing the topless dancing and all of this only to make enough money to take care of her kid. And we learned that, you know, like most dancers or performers develop a persona so yes. it makes it a little maybe easier or more fun or whatever to be on stage and she did the baby voice thing she does the baby voice thing and she also says I'm gonna be the sexiest woman in here because I need to take care of my son and they say she pulled that off very quickly yeah she like just turned it on like Anna Nicole and like in any environment she was gonna thrive she was mm-hmm. gonna figure out how to use what God gave her including her brains to make it happen she was just out which is why like the Anna Nicole that we know we think of that like that VMA thing or whatever or like we think of her like kind of like slurring her words in interviews because she was highly medicated we didn't know anything about this brilliant hard worker who started out here they're assessing the room they're looking for the guy who has an ability to spend then they have to figure out well which role does he want me to play Anna developed a baby's voice when she talked to guys and uh, she would get in that mode and they would just break down they would eat that up the baby voice is a little bit of a misnomer because she's probably like, oh, like, what can I get for you? You know, just that very sort of like submissive, appeasing. Like the 1950s stewardess in a movie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that like she's dancing. She's gotten the breast implants, by the way, so her boobs are everywhere. Yeah, well, and she's like, she's that means she's making money. She's making money. I said, we see see the stage where she was dancing. Literal buckets of cash. Buckets, buckets, buckets. Buckets of cash. Well, speaking of buckets of cash, it's 1991. She's been dancing for four years. J. Howard Marshall walks into her (laughs) life No, excuse me. He certainly does not. He is wheeled into her life. He is wheeled in. They say it. And and that is not a joke against, like, people in wheelchairs at all. They describe him as being wheeled everywhere he goes. Well, he's an 87-year-old billionaire. Yes. So, just a little detour. He made his billions with the Koch brothers. I know. The Koch brothers are not good guys. It's not spelled like the amazing soft No, it's K-O-C-H. They they know that. They're not good guys. They also say that he's Yale-educated. He worked in the Roosevelt administration. I was like, isn't that from the 1820s? Like, how old is is this guy? <laughs> was that like before electricity? Oh was it Roosevelt literally in Newsies? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But in 1991, this guy, J. Howard Marshall, is in a relationship with, quote, Lady Walker, who they describe as a flamboyant stripper. He was because he was married to a, he had a wife who he loved, that he'd been married to for decades, who was suffering with Alzheimer's. And he was like, stayed with his wife, but was in this like 10-year long relationship with this, quote, flamboyant stripper. And like, he's spending millions and millions of dollars on her, buying her coats, buying her furs, buying her fucking houses, but they never have sex because they both think it would be wrong. Right. But he's still, he's like, 
a sugar daddy. Yes, of course. Can we say that? Is that allowed? Okay. I mean, I think, I mean. But he felt like her protector. It was just this dynamic, like the old rich guy and the, like the young fun woman and he was paying for everything and it was like a mutually beneficial relationship. Totally. And like she's, they're writing each other love notes and he's writing her checks with the love. If they're both consenting, I don't know. Like anyway, what was her name? Lady what? Lady Walker. She looked, she was beautiful. I loved her. She had great style. But then like tragedy strikes because this guy loses his wife and then Lady Walker, he loved both of them. Yes. So the relationship is very devoted, but Lady Walker suddenly dies. Here was Marshall. He'd lost his wife, who he really did love, to Alzheimer's. He'd lost his paramour, who I think he really did love, uh, who died on the operating table getting a facelift. She dies on the operating table during a facelift. But the person who says this rolls her eyes in a really rude way. I know. But it reminded me of Clueless. Oh, That's how Cher, Cher's mom died, a fluke accident r- during a routine liposuction. Isn't she a Betty? Oh, my God. And that was, like, the joke in Clueless. But, I mean, like, isn't that how Joan Rivers died? I don't know how Joan Rivers died. I mean, died. like, you on might be the operating right. table getting a is that face. Right? Like, is that even a way that people can die? Like, how bad are you fucking it up? I hope exactly. something happened to that dog. Like, that's not right. I know. Like, what? How I does know. that even... I don't know. I don't know anything about that. But this guy is heartbroken. Yes. And he goes to the strip club and Excuse that's... Excuse you. He's wheeled into I'm Gigi's sorry. one day. <laughs> and then, sorry. I'm just saying it because I, I, I think it's kind of adorable. Like, he's like this old... Like, I know everyone wants us to think the relationship between him and Anna is creepy. I don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's... Well... Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's creepy. It's just... Okay, so he meets Sam, Anna. Sam, I know you're all like, I should have told you to pull over. I'm sorry. You, you'll understand why in a minute. I'm not saying it's, the, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on a second. Because there's this interview with Anna Nicole where she's uh-huh. like, he's so smart. He's so funny. He has the best stories. And I'm like, you know that that's what that scene in Best in Show is based on, right? No. Where she's like, we could talk and not talk. Oh. Still find things to not, not talk about. <laughs> Tom, to our amazing like, mixer editor, Tom, will you play them side by side? Okay, here is Anna Nicole. He was very funny. Really funny. He got um, very brilliant, um, very smart. Uh, gosh. And now here's Best in Show. Yeah, we both have so much in common. We both love soup, and uh, we love snow peas, and uh, talking and not talking. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. I'm okay, not crazy. I know, I'm I know, not I know. crazy. <laughs> I know. No, but like, you know, the whole thing is like as a dancer, she works the room to like find the richest guy and she does and she can tell that like her presence like brings a twinkle to his eye. Yeah, I think once again, we have a mutually beneficial relationship on our hands here. Yes, and like they, they say that like she always saw him as like a surrogate grandfather. You know, like she didn't have a dad and her sugar burger. Yeah, her sugar burger. It's literally what she called. She'd call him sugar burger. <laughs> sugar burger. That's really hard to say. Yes. And sweetheart. Well, this guy Marshall has two sons. They are not excited about Oh my this. God. Pierce? <laughs> Pierce is the old guy's favorite son, and he's a real yeah. fucking stick in the mud, this guy. This guy, you know who needs a night out at the strip club? I know. Pierce Marshall. Lighten I, up. I know. You know, and I think lighten up because we're talking about like billions of dollars. Well, what like, makes me so mad is like, Pierce, it's not your fucking money. When kids are spending their parents' money right. before the parents die and are trying to tell the parents what to do with it, it makes me crazy. Yeah, they didn't earn it. Like no. they earned it as much as she did, basically. Like, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly.
Exactly. So Marshall proposes to Anna Nicole, or she was still Vicky then, a week into meeting. Everyone pay attention to this because this, this is new information. Anna, who could have married the billionaire right then and there and never lifted a finger for the rest of her life. She says no because she's determined to make something of herself on her own. So what J. Howard Marshall doesn't know is that Vicky is in love with someone else. And in this case, it's a woman. Anna Nicole Smith was openly bisexual yes. or pansexual. Oh my God. Because she's in love with a woman named Sandy. And we see pictures of Sandy and Sandy, Sandy looks, like, looks like a Terry. I mean, Sandy looks exactly like all of my mom's bus driving lesbian friends. And yeah. my mom has like seven of them. We say that with love. That is the only, I only know how to speak about lesbians respectfully. I know. I only know how to. And like, and, and like it, it, what's so amazing about this is like Anna Nicole is the bombshell and Sandy is like a, just a regular person like the yeah, rest of us. And right. it's like, they were so in love. And Anna Nicole could have married the billionaire. Yes. But like stayed in it for love with Sandy, who she works at a florist or a greenhouse <laughs> or quote, someplace that sells garden supplies. <laughs> I mean, she probably works at the garden section of a Walmart. But, I mean, you probably. Know what I mean? But like they were in love. They were yes. living together. They were going to get married. Like, she, like Anna Nicole courted Sandy. She showed up to her house in a big white limo. She with was, roses. Oh, it's incredible. Like the thing. It, Texas in like the in the eighties. The thing about Anna Nicole that I think gets lost is that she was exactly who she was. She was dating yes. who she was into. She was eating whatever she wanted. She yes. was drinking whatever she wanted, and yes. that will come to play. Like the fact that she wasn't a size negative, basically, like yes. that is because of the time it was in the nineties. But like that is kind of amazing, and that gets lost. That she was just like, I like you. I'm going to date. It didn't matter to her. Hundred percent. I loved that. But she also had like other girlfriends and a bunch of boyfriends. Somebody says she seems to be a woman of considerable appetites. She likes a lot of input. She eats and drinks freely. She seems to take on a fair amount of lovers. Thanks to her time with J. Howard Marshall II, she develops a new appetite for extremely expensive jewelry. This Marshall guy is buying her things. Yes. Cars and jewelry and houses and horses. So she's saying a no. A Mercedes convertible? Yes. Like Barbie. Marshall, I'm available. Marshall. <laughs> but also, if we don't have to have sex. Like... I mean, honestly. And also, I don't drive. So I guess Marshall and I wouldn't no, get along very I, well. I know that we are very much in an eat the rich moment. I get it. I hear it. I feel it too. But yeah. like, if he's got, like, if we haven't eaten the, this billionaire and he just wants to spend his money on Anna to like, it makes him feel good to buy her things. Who cares? It's just a dynamic that Also, I, like, your cancer, Marshall. Like, I mean, I'm there too. I'll just never know what that's like. I know. But like, neither will anybody. Like, you know what I mean? But he also takes her to his favorite restaurant. Restaurant, Red Lobster, <laughs> and proposes once again over the salad bar or whatever. I know. And I love that. Like, His, we always say, love what you love, billionaire or not. He's going to Red Lobster because he loved it, and who cares? I just think, like, this lady stops to say he is a billionaire. Yeah. Air. Once again, bill billion with a B. His favorite restaurant is Red Lobster. Good for him. I mean, the lobster bisque is something else. I haven't been to a Red Lobster in so long. Steve and I went to a Red Lobster like one of our first dates. Really? Yeah, just because like we oh, the wanted, one like, here. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. in Times Square. That we... I think was turned into a Bubba Gump. Is that right? <laughs> I believe. But oh to be clear, so he keeps proposing to her. She keeps saying no. He keeps buying her things. She is accepting the things. Yes. But she does keep saying like, I'm not gonna marry him or anyone until I like make it on my own. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want it to be a free ride. She doesn't want it to be perceived exactly. as that. But she also just doesn't want it to be that. It, She's worked too hard. One of her boyfriends, one of her other boyfriends we, at the time, we learn, is like taking pictures of her and he sends them to a Like photo sexy photos. Sex, I mean, what other kind of pictures would you take of her? Yeah, even in a t-shirt <laughs> you know and what? 
put on, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. She's hot, no matter what. But he sends them to a photographer friend who shoots for Playboy, and the photographer's here. And he says, She came in, I was quite taken. She looked like an Amazon woman to me. Very, very tall, five foot eleven, wore five inch heels, a spandex dress, this god awful blue eyeshadow. But underneath all of that, you saw the pretty face. Uh, she walked a little clumsy, she walked like a duck. But Anna Nicole Smith was the sweetest girl you would ever want to meet. I mean, you would want her as a sister. But you could see under all of that was this, like, gorgeous, vivacious, va-va-va-voom, Patrick Hines of a woman. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? (laughs) Va-va-va-voom. This is in 1992. So March of 1992, she's on the cover of Playboy. Well, because the heat, like, this photographer sends the photos to Playboy. Playboy calls the next day. Like, she wasn't even famous. Exactly. She was just, like, the girl who worked at Krispies. Yes. And then, you know what I'm saying? Which I think is sort of the Playboy thing. They love all of that stuff. Sure, but I mean, it's, like, so legit. You know what I mean? It's a gorgeous photo. 100%. Yeah. It's so pretty. no, she's so and hot. And she looks like really like regal and they're already doing the Marilyn Monroe thing. We'll get yes. into it. But like this changed her life. And because she's not just in the magazine, she's on the cover. She's like, on that's the cover. Wild. So the guy who runs Guest Jeans. Paul Marci- Marcino. Calls her, sees her, <laughs> calls her, and he was like, I need her to wear my jeans. So yes. this is when she immediately changes. Like, she knows, like, this is it. Something is happening. Now she's officially Anna Nicole Smith. Yes. And she tells the story about, like, walking in to, like, meet him and just, like, dress like herself. And he's like, eh. She's like, I didn't think you really liked me. And then she's like, let me go get dolled up. She, like, turns around, goes out for an hour, gets the hair and the makeup and the clothes, and she comes back. And she just makes his face. She goes, I just, his mouth just fell open. And right. he had no words. Wow. I Which know. is great. Like, she looks great all dolled up. But, like, please don't say that about women who are just, like, coming in for a meeting and they're not va-va-voomed exactly. enough. Like, she's still stunning. Yes. Everyone's still fucking stunning. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> if you're not wearing makeup, you're stunning. And if you're wearing uh-huh. a lot of makeup, I don't want to hear that you're wearing too much makeup. Uh-huh. Let, let them wear whatever they want. It's not for you, Judgy McJudgerson. I couldn't agree more. No one is wearing or not wearing things. We can talk and not talk for hours and still find things to not talk about. I have told the story more than once that, like, I can be at my biggest or whatever and I still always have that moment where I, like, before I leave the house, I look in the mirror and I go, fuck, you're handsome. They're, that's right! <laughs> Every time. I fucking love that. Every time I leave the house, I look in the mirror and I go, god damn, are you better looking today than you were yesterday, you fucking bastard? Hell fucking I yeah. <laughs> Can you bottle that and give me some of it? I will. I, w- I wish it. I could. God damn it. I love that. Oh, my God, I fucking love that. But the reason Anna Nicole Smith being so famous so quickly was so important is because, like, at the time, in yeah. 1992 and 1993... When Anna Nicole Smith first sort of burst on the scene, she didn't look like any model anyone had seen for a long time. She was curvy. She was voluptuous. At a time when models were very, very thin. The aesthetic was very skinny and not curvy. And yes. she was like a true Jane Mansfield, yes. Marilyn Monroe. Also, speaking of Jane Mansfield, I know. Do you know where her daughter is? I, do I know who President her daughter is? President Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> also, Margaret Cho is here to go on. She's here to explain <laughs> all of this. But also, we're going to learn at the end that Margaret Cho loved Anna Nicole Smith so much that she wrote a song for her. I love her. it. She I love wrote it. A song. But Margaret Cho is here to say, like, the look of the early 90s supermodels. Yeah was completely unattainable. So she says this thing where she would like look at herself and say like, am I even a person? Yes. And so Anna, here comes Anna Nicole, who is also like just objectively stunning, but the body type yeah. was like, that wasn't on a billboard exactly. ever. Like in the cover of magazines and these like pinups and all this stuff. And it was for women at the time who were just like, well, I'm not going to be Kate Moss size. Of course. Because that's Kate Moss's body. It's I nobody just, else's. You're born in that body. Like, like you, That's the only way to get that body. Some people just can't do that. Yeah. And that's fine. But to see 
something else was very refreshing for a lot of people. But they, so, you know, she gets this huge guest campaign. It makes her internationally famous. Playboy keeps putting her on the cover. They name her Playmate of the fucking year. Back to that billboard? Yeah. It's an actual threat to public safety because it's, at, she's stopping traffic. She's, like, like she's like causing in, accidents. It got to the point where the parliament in Norway actually had a debate as to whether the billboards featuring Anna Nicole Smith should be taken down because they represented a threat to public safety. Governments I know. are having official meetings with like minutes and things on the books about how sexy I know. these billboards are. People are getting into car accidents because they cannot take their eyes off of Would her. Would that happen if we put up a TCO billboard in Norway? <laughs> Do you think? If it's only of you, yes. <laughs> are you even handsomer than you were today, yesterday, you god, bastard? fucking damn it. How did you do that? Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> so she's signed by William Morris. She's yes. in Hollywood. She's getting these small roles. You know, the va-va-voom factor. She the, gets the... cast in the Hudsucker Proxy? Come on. Yeah, she's like the gorgeous bombshell character. Yeah. She's on Arsenio Hall, and he's so... I actually loved Arsenio Hall, but he makes her say... Because she's in Hudsucker, the Hudsucker proxy. Yeah. He makes her say it again. He's like, I just like hearing you say Hudsucker. Look, Arsenio, gross. Which is, but that was like the role she was playing. Like I that, know. And that was the persona that was sort of like thrust onto her. Can we her. give Arsenio Hall, unless he's garbage, I don't know. I, I haven't don't know. checked today. Can we give him another show? I loved him. What about my late night show? <laughs> Sorry, you're canceled in okay. the name of Arsenio. Well, you know what? It's only a matter of time. Anna Nicole is in Naked Gun 33 and a third. That was... That was like the only movie I knew that she was in. Yes. I was like, wasn't she in that spoof movie? That spoofy movie? The, the Naked, Naked Gun, Gun movies, movies were great. O.J. Simpson is in them, so now you can't Not really watch them. <laughs> he was in all of them? How many uh, were there? Yeah, Nor- he was Nordberg. I think he was in all three. He was what? Nordberg. You know his character's uh, name? I love... Priscilla Presley was in them, too. So, yeah. Like, come on. And... Leslie Nielsen, who played Lucas in the final two episodes of The Golden Girls and Mary Dorothy. Well, yes, that part I know. Okay. <laughs> God, I'm not a total monster. <laughs> I know my late night show that never happened just got canceled. I know, sorry. Sorry. Oof, 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 oof. I'm doing the Arsenio arm. Wasn't that like a woof, though? Oh, Wasn't you're right. a bark? Woof, woof, oh, you're right. You're saying oof? I was saying Oh, my God. Anna Nicole Smith, even though she's like her star is rising and rising, she's in a lot of pain. Well, she's in pain from the implants. Right. Like her, sorry, her back, were, were you going to say that? Literally sorry. what I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Ever since your late night show got canceled, you've been real hard to work I'm with. Real. So. <laughs> I'm a real word. I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> you can think of it. A, B, C, U, yeah. there. So Anna Nicole is in a lot of pain because her back is killing her from her breast implants. So, and it's just causing a lot of physical pain. Like she has migraines. She's on a ton of pain meds. And this was like the 90s before we like when we thought you could solve every problem by just over prescribing pain meds. And like she overdoses. Right. And then she does this interview in 1994 and yeah. she's saying things that like in the 2023 lens. Yes. She's saying things like, yes, I take Vicodin and Xanax, but those aren't drugs. I, I take them for my migraines and insomnia. They're not hard drugs. I'm not high. And it's like she's just taking a lot of opioids and no one knows that yet. It's wild because we uh, only so sad. Those of us who are like casual observers of her like me back in the day yeah. you would only ever see her when she's like slurring her words but she's right. only slurring her words because she's on all these we also will learn later like she has friends who are doctors who will prescribe her anything oh that over- friend I know, I know. Not but a like friend. Anna Nicole like she like she believed that she didn't do drugs and she was just doing prescription drugs just trying to get through the fucking day and also like this whole persona and the va-va-voom is what made her famous and successful. Yes. So, she, like, what is she going to do? Take the implants out? Yes. Like, in her mind, right. like, know. She, she's successful now. Like, she made it. She and did like, what she wanted to do. Her breasts are really, really big. They're like, really I big. cannot imagine how you carry that around all day. I don't know. 
so like she's being asked about her drug use a lot or her the pills a lot and like she and others are making the Marilyn Monroe connection because she loves her and she wants to emulate her I mean can we talk about the fact that this that billionaire Jay Marshall rents Marilyn Monroe's old home for Anna Nicole we see Anna Nicole lounging in Marilyn Monroe's window that was I could have watched that footage all day long and she says she goes you know she feels a very strong bond with Marilyn oh no I used to wish she was my mom yeah (laughs) I want to be the sex symbol I want to be what she was Uh, I want to do the movie she did I want to sing I want to dance I want to do all that she said, I used to wish she was my mom. Yes. There are photos of Marilyn all over the house. And like when you picture Anna Nicole, how do you see her with the Marilyn hair? The blonde, and, and like even, you know, like her her cover of Playboy was very much like 40s, 50s, yeah. like that kind of look. That white dress with like the empire waist or whatever. Did yeah, I say that it was right? a blue dress, but yeah, sure. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What's an empire waist? That's the one that goes here. I don't here. know. I think it's where like it's under your boobs. I'm, I'm, okay. making, I'm making it all up at this sure. point. Sure. Should I know what that I is? I am not going to win Project Runway. No. If that happens. Oh, We'll talk about Project Runway Don't even get me started. I screamed at that detail. But do you know what episode it was? No! Oh oh my God, I Googled what episode it was and I was like, (gasps) it's huge. Anyway, we're talking about uh, who killed Robert Wan on the Patreon and there's like a whole Project Runway thing that they zoom right by, but I am stopping on it for 15 minutes. (laughs) So finally, after four years of turning him down, she decides to marry J. Howard Marshall. Now, she fucking did it. She said, I'm not going to marry you until I've made it on my own. She did it. She made it on her own and now yeah. she marries him. She didn't marry him. Well, I'm not going to say she didn't marry him for his money. Let's... But like, I am going to say that like, she like didn't only marry him for his money and yes. she had her own money. She had her own money. She you was know? doing her own thing and like, he didn't make a phone call and help her get the gig. Exactly. Like, it happened she very did organically. all right? on her own, yeah. She's 26, he's 89 and he's worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. I gotta tell you, I will tell you this right now. If Steve died and some 89-year-old billionaire wanted to marry me, I would fucking do it. Yeah. I would do it. If it's securing my future and Daisy's future and I like the guy, yeah. what's wrong with that? I don't know. As what long is as wrong like with that? Soup and snow peas and yes. talking and not talking. Okay, so here's what happened. So yeah. the, the kids, the, I mean, they're adults, but the, his children are like hiring PIs to see if his, their father was changing the will because they didn't want any, you know, Anna Nicole to just like get all the business or whatever. Yeah. So it's July 1995. We just get to this point very quickly. Yes. Marshall is dying in the hospital or not because he was 90 when they met. So it's not like. <laughs> right. But it is very sad. He's at the end of his life. Yeah. And his favorite son. Pierce. The big stick in the mud. Yeah. Has his power of attorney. So he's just, like his caretaker and his guardian and he has all the power here. And so he makes it so that the billionaire's caregiver, a woman named Betty Morgan, is his guardian. Now, I have my mother's power of attorney. I don't know that if, if my mom's wife was still alive that I could legally keep her out of the hospital room because that's what starts to happen to Anna Nicole. She's like given certain hours that she's allowed to be there. And they had armed security guards just standing by the door. And when your, hus- when your husband's got his arms out going like this, lady, love, please don't let me. And I'm leaving him. He's like thinking in his head, where's my wife going? There are armed guards at the door. I don't understand. Like, if they're legally married, I, I, I guess I should underst- I should investigate what power of attorney actually means. Well, I think power of attorney can make those. I think that's the thing. Th- that's Again, the whole point I've of never, it. I've, I don't know that. So, yeah. but I think there's part of it. Like, he just made it so that on paper she has no say, right? And that he could put armed guards outside the I door. I mean, it's so tragic because you know, if you think back to the patient zero episode, like this is what it was like for people dying of AIDS in the eighties. Just like, like be a human for a second. I know. Like, someone is going 
going through this too, Pierce. And like, he like loves her whether you like it or not. Right. And you know what? They're married, Pierce. So whether she gets to hold his hand and like it's not going to change what's going to happen done. with the money. And no one should have hundreds of millions of dollars. What yes. does it matter? Yes. Give her a nice lump sum and shut up and you'll never have to talk to her again. And once again, we are rightfully in an eat the rich moment. Like, I'm not trying to like feel bad for a billionaire, but I but like we're, we're just dealing with the facts that we have. It's 1991. No one should have that much money. I know. So like <laughs> what I'm saying to the sons is it's insane that like giving her $150 million is like a little chip off the old block or right. whatever. Yeah. Give it to her. And if you hate her so much, good news. You never have to talk See to her again. again. 100%. Pay her to go away. Yep. And then I'd still be like, that's a whole fucking ton of money for yes. at one person to have. Yes. Meanwhile, you get the most of it. Just like people just want to fight. Like they, they just They want to be like, we won and she got nothing. Like she can't have anything in their mind. So J. Howard Marshall dies 14 months after the wedding. And that's when the legal battles start. Yes. They're going to court over, you know, like fighting over cremation versus burial. And it's like, oh, these guys are just going to fight for the sake of fighting. They and don't Nicole want her to get anything. wears her wedding dress to the funeral. Like, oh my God. So this guy, J. Howard Marshall was worth $1.5 billion. Anna just... Nicole was not in his will. Her son was not in his will. And she got absolutely nothing. Wait, and the son wasn't in the will either? Her son wasn't in the will. Oh, I mean, this is curious to me that Anna wasn't in the will. Like, were you going to get to that? After all this time, you know, after four years. But yeah. also, again, maybe he's like, remember that time I bought you Marilyn Monroe's house? Like, maybe maybe he thought that he'd given her enough. Yeah, or maybe he trusted his sons to do the right thing. Yeah. Always get it in writing. Uh, Don't but trust you know, anybody. We, somebody reads one of Anna's journal entries. In this journal entry, Anna writes, me and Daniel have no money to live on because of the press and getting no work. I miss my husband. He would just kill Pierce if he knew what was going on. She went from living with her billionaire husband to being broke. She can't get any work. Yeah, she's because dropped the, by her agents. Yes, and like, yes. I mean, fucking William Morris, like, Jesus Christ. I know, I know. And like, I know. she, because of all the media attention, nobody wants to hire her. It's terrible. And like, she's also not doing well medically. So she, now she's taking methadone and klonopin. She's I know. taking a lot of opioids. She overdoses again. She goes into a coma. She eventually files for bankruptcy. And in the middle, of all of this, like it can't get any worse for Anna Nicole Smith. In the middle of it, she realizes that her husband's son and his lawyers have been playing dirty the whole time. Yes. And they were like conspiring to cheat her out of a portion of the inheritance. And a judge agrees. So she's awarded like $450 million. So this like hero California federal bankruptcy judge is like, bitch, pay her. Guess what? Bad news, everybody. The next year, it's 2001, we're in Houston, Texas. She's in court over the money again because she was awarded the $450 million in California. Right. And now now the family's trying to take it away from her. In which, Texas. Which is crazy how that can happen. And I know that it wasn't $450 million, but what are the legal fees here? Just give her the money. I know. No one should have that much money. It's no. crazy. Nobody should have that much money. But Rusty Hardin is the favorite son's lawyer. Yeah. And he's tough as nails. I, and he loves a little I, bit of theater <laughs> because he wants to make sure that no one feels bad for her. Yes. And so Anna Nicole Smith is on the stand. Neither of them are holding back. Before we get into the Rusty situation, I thought this was going to go in her way. I thought I, I really too. thought it was going to go her way. She comes into court. They say, like, the jury was hers to lose. And she comes in. She lo- like she also, like, looks out of time. Like, she oh, yeah. looks like a 50s pinup model. She's, she's like, like, a little cardigan up. on. Yeah, you know? she looks really cute. But then, like, yeah, Rusty really goes to town. Because... He's good at exploiting weakness, which is like what a lot of lawyers do. But Anna Nicole keeps saying that she's bad with dates. Yes. So she doesn't want to get into trouble, right? She wants to do it right, but she's being very honest and vocal about how she needs to see that paper again. She doesn't know the date. She doesn't know if it was before May 1st or after May 1st. And what the fuck does it matter? Well, And they're saying like the strategy of a good lawyer, quote unquote, is to like get them flustered and riled up. 
He wants to get her frustrated. So if she doesn't know dates, he's going to ask her about dates over and over again. Well, ma'am, that was in September, wasn't it? I don't know the dates, Rusty. Isn't it true that you don't even know when you last saw your husband before he died? Yes, Rusty, I am bad with dates. And she keeps saying she doesn't know. And she's calling him by his first name. And which I love. She goes, I don't know the dates, Rusty. And I, and she also has like a fast food soda, like yeah. a fountain soda. Like, of course. Like, it's like full of, it's like a bucket of Diet Coke. And now things are starting to crumble because Rusty yeah. goes, are you telling me that you don't even remember how you got to Houston to see your husband? And she goes, Rusty, on an airplane. And the way she looked, and you can feel the like, Rusty, what the fuck? Like, I you know. can feel her frustration, but like, that's also like, how do you think she got they're rusty, I know. like rusty on an airplane. On an airplane, I love like, it. She, th- this rusty guy had one job, which was to make the jury not like her. And then he asks her, he's like, "What have you been taking acting lessons?" Because she's crying, and she goes, "Screw you, rusty." And yeah. like he, he won, and he just like he was just preying on but, her, like, which is like co- what lawyers do. Where know? are the people protecting her? Like, I don't know. Where is her legal team? You know what I mean? She was not, she was on the stand for five days. It was clear she was not properly prepped. Yes. And Rusty Rusty was out of line. She wasn't prepped. No one objected. And right. like bada bing bada boom, like now she looks like an idiot, and she's not. And like I gotta say, the billionaire could have like circumvented all of this by just putting her in the fucking will. And I don't know what Rusty did to make the jury decide that she gets zero. Nothing. Not even like. Not even a nickel for the subway, as they say in Annie. I ain't, you ain't getting any cents from me, Rose. But like, that was my line in Gypsy, by the way. I have it on video. You're next, the dead. Next book party, I'm Some showing it. Can get a thrill. Um, but not even like a million. Not Did even. Did you ever know that you're my hero? You're everything <laughs> I wish I could be. I can fly higher than an eagle. You are the winner. Yeah, so she wasn't awarded anything. Yeah. It went from zero to nothing to nothing to and it was like she It went from four hundred and twenty million to nothing to nothing to, to nothing. nothing. But then of course like it's tied up in appeals and appeals and appeals. So like she's lost this round, but the fight isn't over. Right. Which is why people continue to flock to her and we'll get to it later. But like there's a potential payday, and that's what all of these fucking vultures see about her. Well, it's two thousand one and she's offered a reality show. The Anna Nicole show. I remember this show, but I never watched it. I just remember, she's so outrageous. Yeah. Now I'm like, is that even what I'm thinking of? Yeah. But like, again, reality shows were very new at the time. But we they go through were, this again. They were new, but they were like, the what what was on was working. So it was like the Osbournes. I mean, people Os- don't even remember the Osbournes anymore. Yeah. They were like, they were the Kardashians before the Kardashians. Yeah. You I know? mean, it was, it was wild. They're also just like insane to watch on television. Exactly. Like, they're just... They gave you full unfettered access. It was this thing with the newlyweds with Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Like you, they would follow them anywhere and no, that had never happened before and like poor Ozzy was just always like shuffling and he's like are you mad at me too Jack and then Shara would be like oh Millie you took a shit on the carpet <laughs> and then like they'd all be fighting they were and they were cursing a lot it was just kind of like what is this the Anna Nicole show was bonkers like lots of drinking lots of sex lots of chaos was there lots of drinking Um, it was just like they were just all fucked up all the time. Yeah. And you got the sense where it was just kind of messy and like the lighting never, it was, I don't yeah. know. And I don't really get it because they say like the first season was bananas for ratings and then like the second season it just tanked and then it gets canceled. Like what happened? Yeah, they never made a season three and then Anna Nicole disappears and when she comes back into the limelight, she's a spokesperson for Trim Spa, which was a diet pill that was like super famous. Are you telling me this? Like I don't know. Like Trim Spa, I never took Trim Spa, but like it was one of those like insane, ca- it was like speed. Yeah. You would take speed like suppress your appetite and then like it would like make you crazy and I like every friend I had was on Trim Spa well Anna Nicole lost 69 pounds I know she looks amazing but she looks like 
not well. She, it's not. She doesn't look well, healthy. It's like the beginning of the end. Like this is this is kind of the beginning of the end for her. And this is where she meets Larry Burkhead, who yeah. we met at the beginning, who's a photographer. They met at the Kentucky Derby, and there's actual like B-roll footage of them meeting. Yeah, this is Danny Lynn's dad. Yeah, he's like the guy who greenlit this like episode of 2020, and he's so sweet. I just love him. He's like we shared a kiss, and she got a little handsy. Yeah. And then the, the next day, I was asked by Anna's team to photograph Anna at a kids camp a charity event that I got to kind of witness Anna hanging out with the kids. It was this stripped down version of this small Texas girl that I, I, I really appreciated. She is in no makeup, hair in a ponytail. Yeah. It's like a charity t- event or something. But she looks so beautiful yeah. and just no makeup and like look what normal beautiful <laughs> yeah. Vicky Lynn whatever her name yeah, yeah, was yeah. back in Little Town Texas yeah, yeah. and it, like the, you see the pictures of it and you're like oh my god like yeah. yes she was a stunning bombshell when she was all done up but when she wasn't she was also exactly. gorgeous yeah normalize that everybody I know now here's who god lives god damn it you bastard <laughs> how'd you get even handsomer since this morning <laughs> Fuck, god yes. I'm so awesome <laughs> I'm so handsome <laughs> Here's who lives with Anna Nicole Smith. Her yeah. son, David. Her assistant, Kim, who was, like, clearly in love with her. I mean, I never... Was Kim on the show? Because I only see Kim in pictures here, and I'm like, where is Kim today? I think she was. I watched, like, a couple of clips of this just uh-huh. to get some context. Like, when I watched Pretty Wild, when uh-huh. we did the... Fucking yeah. Kent Neals! When we did that, the Sexy Bandits. Every time you said <laughs> God damn it! Um, but Kim was very much, I think, in love with Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah. From what I saw. And Anna was, I don't know if she's pan or bi or something. She was very open. So I I think Kim always sort of like. It's funny because if Kim was the assistant, I wonder, like, because to me, the greatest, greatest reality show of all time, Kathy Griffin, My Life on the D-List. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It won three Emmys. It's like, oh my God, it is so good. But in the first couple of seasons, her assistant Jessica was like a big part of it. Oh, okay. So I wonder if that's the inspiration. Oh, maybe. But also, womp womp, uh, big garbage bell for this guy. Uh, His, her lawyer, slash agent slash consultant yeah. Howard K. Stern. Howard And, K. and then her dogs and then her boyfriend Larry. So these are all the people who live in her house. Yeah. And like Larry, the photographer from Louisville who met like three months ago is now moving in with her. And now that a couple years go by. Yeah. It's 2006. Larry goes on 2020. Well, this is like, this is the year, that's the year Anna dies. And says this Howard K. Stern guy has been and always will be a major problem. He's in love with Anna and she's never really returned that affection towards him. He created a lot of problems for us. He would fill her head with ideas, negative thoughts about me, to where she would actually sometimes be suspicious of things. He was trying to start shit in their relationship. Yes, he's like filling Anna, like quote, filling her head with negative thoughts about Larry. But like Larry is also saying, look, like I know everyone thinks that Anna like does drugs. She doesn't. I live with her. I've never, like I I think Anna is mixing pain pills with booze. She's taking a lot of medication. Yes. And she's not eating. Right. And she's on Trim Spa, which was on the shelves for like a year before it was finally just like taken off all the shelves. But Larry like tells this terrifying story about like he's living with her and the night before the American Music Awards it's like a famous horrible it's really plane sad. crash of a moment for her it's horrible. but the night before that he watches her have a seizure yeah. he's up with her all night she's having a seizure because of all the medications she's on right. interacting and like this is at the point where she's so famous that doctors are trying to like get into her good graces by prescribing her whatever and no one's looking at what's mixing with what and but who's prescribing her what she's where she's also so insulated Howard yes. K. Stern is yes. the guy to talk to 
to. So she's not really talking to anyone. And when you get that famous, you have like people yes. to talk for you. And if the people are not good, right. like Howard K. Stern or the people who were around Whitney, like this is why we're here. And so we see the American Music Awards Ugh. appearance. I was honored to be on our next performer's new video. And if I ever record an album, I want this guy to produce my, make me beautiful duets. There's just definitely something wrong. Yeah, it's like, not. It's it not. looks like she's been mixing pills and booze again. She's hard, and not eating. She looks incredible, but she's like slurring her words. People are laughing at her. It's, yeah, it's so awful because we know what's going to happen. Right, and then you know all the late night guys like Kimmel and Leno. They're all I making mean, fun of her. Can we get one? Woman presenting person, I know. a fucking late night show for the love of God. <laughs> I'm trying. Remember, like Samantha B. Yeah, I do we need Samantha her. We B. need you to go. You know what, Arsenio, you're fired. <laughs> Jillian's back in the in the top slot. All right. Well, I'll be calling Arsenio for notes and help. Uh, this is wild. What happens next? So her legal battles are are still happening over her husband's estate. It goes to the United States Supreme. <laughs> Court. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg is here. What? And they do this thing where they try to make a connection that it's like so weird that a beautiful bombshell would cross paths with quote smart people. Yes. Shut up. I mean, that is such bullshit. That said, like Anna Nicole Smith at the Supreme Court, like what? Like, hey, Ruth. Because I mean, anyone who pays any attention knows the Supreme Court is very, very, very selective yeah. in the cases they take. Yes. What was it? They, they will only take cases if it's going to change precedent or set precedent or whatever. Right. Or take away, you know, bodily autonomy from women uh, or yeah, rights too. from the gays. Right. But like, what was it about this case that was going to do one of those Maybe things? it was like a power of attorney thing. Maybe, yeah, it, was, maybe. it was about like My big question will. from the beginning, like, why can't she go to zero? Like, maybe. Yeah. But because, like, Ruth is just like, all right, girl, like, you can <laughs> pursue this. You can pursue this in the lower courts. Yeah. Like, you know, more they power give her the green light. They're like, yeah, go for it. She was fighting this for 11 years. Do you know what kind of a toll that takes on you in every way? I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Because you don't know if at the end of the day, like, are you going into debt to fight yeah. this fight and you may never get the money? Yeah. Uh, we're back in, in L.A. with, like, present day with Larry and, and Danny Lynn, her daughter. And he's, like, showing Danny Lynn the house where they all live together. Larry is telling us. We both really wanted kids. And she always said that she wanted a little girl. And I remember we were laying in the bed and she took my hand and she put it over on her stomach. She had this big glowing smile on. She brings out the pregnancy test and she shows me that um, she's pregnant. And I was being a little bit vocal about medication she was taking and making sure that everything was done right. Larry is instantly concerned because he's like, okay, but like, my love, you're on, you're taking a lot of medication. Right. And then also her inner circle is telling her, like, forget this guy. He's probably not the dad. He's just after your money. He's nobody. Next thing Larry knows, Anna is on a fucking flight to the Bahamas. Just abandons Larry. Yeah, she went from being super happy to hating him and saying he's not actually the father. Exactly. So they go to the Bahamas. Howard K. Stern is filling her head with all of these ideas. And now she's like, for the last three months of her pregnancy is in the Bahamas with people who are not her boyfriend and these people who are just like don't have good intentions for her. Yeah, and it's like, it's really sad, but she's also like making a community down there. Like she meets the locals. She meets this one guy who's like a local painter and famous musician. Right. And his wife and they kind of like adopt her and they they take her out on the ocean and she falls in love with the water. Yeah. And all of a sudden she wants to buy a boat. And she's like, I want to be free. But just to like really, in case you don't know how shitty Howard K. Stern is, yeah. And we're saying, like, I love that he was just like, I'm not I'm not that Howard Stern. I'm the other one. 
<laughs> September 7th, 2006, she gives birth to Danny Lynn. Yeah. Howard K. Stern films the entire thing and sells the tape to Entertainment Tonight for an undisclosed amount. It's this is who we're dealing with here. Un- you know what I mean? Because, like, Anna, we, from back in the beginning of the episode, we were saying, like, all she ever wanted was a little girl. And now, yeah. like, this could have been the beginning of a whole brand new chapter for and her. The tragedies just keep coming I because know. Daniel. I mean, it really, from here to the end, gets so fucking it's bonkers. so bad. So Daniel is now 20 years old. Yes. And he goes to see her mother in the hospital and his new sister, you know? Yeah, and he's, like, sleeping over in the hospital room. And, like, the, so on the night of September 9th, he's sitting in a chair across from his mother. Howard K. Stern's in another bed in the room. And they say at 6.20 in the morning, a nurse passes by and sees Daniel, like, attending to his mother. Yeah. And then at 9.30 a.m., Anna Nicole wakes up, and Daniel, her 20-year-old son, is, like, sleeping by her side. She tries to wake him up, but he doesn't respond. She tries again, but his skin is cold. She realizes he's not breathing. So now she's terrified. She calls out to the medical staff, and they rush in. But it's too late. Daniel's already dead. He's fucking he's dead. dead. 20 years old. He just came down to, like, meet his baby sister right. and, like, see his mom. Now, meanwhile, Howard K. Stern sells the photos and videos, last photos of Anna Nicole and her son. I, yeah. Instead of dealing with Anna Nicole, who just had a baby and who lost her son in, within the same 48 hours. He sells these pictures for $400,000. And Daniel's death is immediately ruled suspicious, like, obviously. Right. And, like, everyone's just saying, like, how do you die in a hospital when you were fine just hours ago? So... He died of a lethal combination of Lexapro, which yes. is a prescription, Zoloft, he was taking for the flight, and methadone. And no one knows where he got methadone, but everyone also is very quick to say Anna Nicole Smith was using methadone for years. Yeah, for pain management. It was prescribed to her. She was not getting it illegally. So I don't know if he was stealing it or if she was giving it to him or it doesn't matter. Yeah. But like, this is just another, like no one was paying attention or caring or it, watching. What is so crazy about this is that these are people with money or if not money, at least influence. So people are giving them things that they are asking for and no one is saying like what else are you taking this is how this yes. interacts with that of course like that's how he died and you're not eating exactly <laughs> like it's so scary so then also they kind of blow right by this but yeah. Howard K. Stern is on the birth certificate so there's like this big this was a, I remember this story very well Ugh. there's like a big mystery as to like who the dad of the baby is right Howard K. Stern the baby's born on the birth certificate in the Bahamas it says Howard K. Stern's name legally in the Bahamas, he is the dad. But Larry's like, uh, remember when I was the only person she was having sex with when right. she got pregnant? But Howard K. Stern has to go on Larry King oh my God. to say, guess what? I'm the father. We've been in a relationship for a long time. We love each other. Larry's a, like, the other Larry is a liar. All this crazy. To which I was like, Larry King, hey girl, been a minute. Remember when Larry King was on like every single episode? Yes, I do. He's just always it's been a he's while. always interviewing a Peterson. You know uh, what yeah. I mean? He's always doing that pose on the desk. <laughs> but like Larry the dad. I actually had to file a paternity suit I was like, this is the last thing that I want to do. She's just lost her son. Which he says is the last thing he wanted to do because she just had the baby. She's living in the Bahamas. Yeah. And meanwhile, her, quote, friend, Dr. Christine, yeah. flies down to help Anna Nicole. She's the person that they have prescribing her all of these drugs. Yeah. She should know better. She should have her license revoked. I mean, again, it's like I, she's trying, this Dr. Christine person is trying to get into Anna's life just to be around a famous person. But also, like, she might be someone that How Howard K. Stern knows and doesn't ask a lot of questions. Yes. And now she can, she's... 
like she's giving Anna Nicole chloral hydrate, right. which is a medicine that you take before medical procedures. It's a hypnotic. And like the thing is, if Howard K. Stern is orchestrating this whole thing and he's got his, he needs Anna Nicole because she's got the money and she's got the influence. Yeah. And he's got this friend who's a doctor who can give her the drugs that's going to keep her quiet. There's nobody in her inner circle who's looking out for her. And it gives him like, the it, influence. It could have been Larry, but Larry's been excommunicated because right. Howard K. Stern doesn't want Larry around. Because Howard K. Stern has been feeding her these drugs yes. and preying on her insecurity like like anyone would be and saying all of this he got in her head. He yes. manipulated her. Yes. He, he got into her head so much that the only person she was having sex with who could be the father, Howard K. Stern was still on the birth certificate. Exactly. So in that moment, she was vulnerable enough. Like, what else could he sign? Yeah, I mean, that's the goal like, here. When you have a baby, I've never delivered a child. Same. But I'm assuming, like, do, the, the doctors and the like, the nurses aren't like, show me your. How do you prove that you're the dad? Like, but if I'm you're the guy in the room, I don't know how they do any of that. Yeah. That's a very good question. <laughs> that's a weird, I've never thought about that until this moment. But like. I, I would think that Anna Nicole also has a say in this. Yes. So if she wanted to say, that's not true. But right. like he had manipulated her and she also just gave birth. Can we let her have a nap for 20 minutes? I know. Like, my God. So we jump to February 5th, 2007. And Anna and her entourage are leaving the Bahamas to go to Florida to buy a boat. Yeah. So it's Howard K. Stern. It's the bodyguard, the shady doctor. And Anna Nicole leaves her baby with the nanny. Danny Lynn is with the nanny. Yes. Before she leaves the Bahamas, Anna gets a shot of HGH and B12 on her left side. She's been doing this for a while to maintain her weight. On the plane, her left side starts to hurt. By the time she gets to the hotel, she's starting to feel really sick. By the time they get to the hotel in Florida, she's got a fever of 105. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, they're saying like a fever of 105 an adult kills you. Yeah. And, like, something is wrong. Her body is revolting. Something's wrong. They say her entourage is telling her to go to the hospital, but she's saying she doesn't want to go because she doesn't want it to become, like, a scandal right. that Anna Nicole Smith is now in the hospital. Because it would. Right. You know? like, But that doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying, like, she couldn't do anything right. I just, it's like when you've got a brand new baby, that's all I can think about I is know. the baby. Like, the, oh, live for the baby, Anna Nicole. And also, like, who said that her entourage was begging her to go? Right. Somebody I mean, says. I feel like Dr. Christina was like, I can handle this. Like, let, let's, like, sign away all these fucking papers. Honestly, like, like I'm her while, traveling doctor. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, come on. Because they say over the next few days, she just keeps getting sicker and sicker. She's not sleeping her eating. And then they say her entourage starts to notice, like, a, a, like a gross smell coming off of her body. It's the injection site that's been infected. But, like, the, quote, traveling doctor should know what that is. I know. And she does. You know? She's just not doing anything about it. That is insane. That's my, that is my opinion, that she knew exactly what was happening, and they were just letting this happen to her. That's, that's what I think about it. And in the middle of this, Anna Nicole Smith is dying. Yeah. There's a newborn baby. Her son just died. Yes. Howard K. Stern goes to pick up the boat because he has to keep that precious boat appointment. He's like, you know what? She's okay. I'm, I'm going to leave her in the hotel room and go, go get the boat. And that is when he's out at the boat appointment. Yeah. Oh my God. And Anna Nicole Smith is discovered dead while like he's out of the hotel room. Yeah. So Bridget tells Taz to call 911. What happens next is unbelievable. Taz doesn't call 911. She calls Mo. Mo doesn't call 911. He calls Howard. And Howard doesn't call 911. 38 minutes go by before anyone 
calls 911. Howard Stern doesn't call 911 until 38 minutes go by and then the bodyguard calls. Yeah. And I I just wonder if they're all in like such a fucked up, like you don't do anything that's going to call any attention to Anna Nicole Smith in any way whatsoever. I'm sure that was part of it. Yeah. But I don't, I really don't think the majority of this was to protect her. I no. think it was to protect themselves. I, it's absolutely. It they was just to protect let themselves. Anna Nicole Smith die. They let her die. She's been suffering and she's. For been, years they let her die. Yes, exactly. For years. And for this, like, the last several days, like, she's been stinking because her body is infected and nobody like, did anything. Like, you don't care about her. That's not how you treat somebody you care about. So the paramedics arrive. They call the doctor friend who confirms Anna Nicole was on 10 different medications. 10. And half of them weren't written in her name, by the way. Exactly. The ambulance comes. They get to the hospital. There's a full media blitz. She's pronounced dead at the hospital at 2.49 p.m. She was 39 years old. Yeah. It feels like she should have been 90. I know. Yeah. And like the autopsy comes back. There were nine, 10 drugs in her system. She had a stomach bug. Yeah. She had an abscess from the B12 shots and she had Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune disorder that affects your thyroid. So the symptoms she was feeling like, you know, fatigue or weight gain or depression, like everything she was battling, there was like a reason for so much of it. So if she was self-medicating. For years there was. If she just had gone to a real doctor who could have diagnosed her. Like there could have been a real plan for all of this. And there wasn't. And so, but now there's a legal battle over where she's going to be buried. It just never ends. It just never ends. Just just let her rest. There's basically a fight about Anna Nicole and where to bury her. Her mother, Virgie, wants her buried in Texas and Howard K. Stern wants her buried in the Bahamas. Howard K. Stern wants her to be buried in the Bahamas and I was wondering about this. Does he want the body buried in the Bahamas because we can't just go and exhume it and test it if we want to? Probably. You know what I mean? I mean, they did already do the autopsy. Well, they also like her son was buried in the Bahamas and I'm yeah. like, had the son ever been to the Bahamas before that moment? Yeah, a lot of decisions were being made when she just wasn't here. She yes. wasn't coherent. Now, we deal with the paternity. Yeah, like, can we just test the fucking DNA? I, honest to God. I like, mean, there's like In four... every case, please? Exactly. But I'm like, the mama mia of it all. There's four potential men to be the dad. One of them I've never heard of. One of them is a fucking prince who used to be married to Zsa Gabor? Yeah, some random ex-boyfriend, Mark, who gave, he claims, he was like, I gave her my sperm frozen that time. Maybe I'm it. Yeah. Howard K. Stern, Larry Burkhead, and yeah, and Zsa Gabor's husband. So, of course, it ends up being Larry is the dad. Like, obviously. Obviously. By 2009, Howard K. Stern and the Shady Doctor were convicted. Yeah. Two counts of conspiracy to obtain drugs under false names. But then they were overturned because they had the whole I want to protect your privacy thing. They were saying they were getting under false names so people wouldn't know it was Anna She was still on way too many fucking drugs. 100%. I don't care. Yeah, and like in 2019, like she loses the court case. She gets no money. Yeah, she was awarded nothing from the courts. Nothing. Can we end on this? We're back in 2020 in LA with Larry going, there's like a storage unit in LA that has all of Anna Nicole's stuff. Her Her, scrapbooks and her clothes and all of her like wacky stuff. And he like takes it all out and I was sobbing during this part. He lays it all out to show Danny Lynn. And like Danny Lynn's only 13. She doesn't get it yet. Like her mother was an icon. Mm -hmm. Her mother is an icon and someday like that's her legacy. I wish I had some stuff of Daisy's moms that I could give to Daisy. Because Daisy is so curious about her. And like Danny Lynn is like, I mean, it's no substitute for her actual mother, but she's going to get all of her mom's stuff. She's going to smell the clothes that her mom wore. You know? And I'm like just sitting there. I was blubbering. I was like hoping that nobody would come into the office because I was Bawling. <laughs> You're five in the morning by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> She's so outrageous. 
Oh, girl, we, what's it called? It's called uh, Anna Nicole Tragic Beauty. It's on 2020. Oh, this was a really good one. Yeah. Anna Nicole was a fucking badass. Yeah, she was a legend. Fam, come see us on our tour. We got Seattle, LA, New York, and then Obsessed Fest, October 20th to the 22nd. Come see us. We're doing the Jinx. We're actually, the Jinx. a lot of these, so, these shows are very close to selling out. Yeah, come hang out with us. It's a party. The New York show, we're doing it Broadway style. We're bringing our Broadway dancers back. Right. We're making it like a whole big fucking show. Come and see it. I'm in London Friday, August 4th for the book party. There's like 20 tickets left to that. It's at a little club in Soho. Go to patrickfails.com to get your tickets. What are we doing next, girl? Oh, boy. Money Shot, the Pornhub story. Oh. <laughs> Highly requested. One right after another. You people like the sex docs. You, you all like, like the, the sex, sex docs. It's true. This is just like the inner workings and the dirty deals of the sex worker industry online and like oh, how we have to do better about that and like scams and all this crazy shit. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. They should be paid more. All right. Well, stay tuned for that fam and then our funny and hilarious outtakes and we love you. We love you. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Every element of the internet has been influenced and led by pornography. In 2008, Pornhub was omnipresent. It's pretty much a household name. Like, I know what Kellogg's brand is. People see when I'm doing mainstream porn. In reality, I'm just in my room by myself making little videos. <laughs> Most traffic website in the world, conservatively. This is a company that does exactly what Facebook does. It's a data harvesting operation. Some people don't like that these things are not in the shadows. Knowingly profiting from sex trafficking is what we believe they're liable for. The more I explored, the more aghast I became. I found too many cases of kids whose worst moments were preserved in amber. I was pretty reliant on what management was willing to say about it. All we were told was none of it's true. This industry is going to get cleaned up. Did you see the whole TikTok where Natalie was was trying to teach me how to say she had to explain Mariska Hargate? Natalie had to educate me because I thought it was like Mariska. I thought it was Mar- Mariska Haggerty. This is why we don't read the YouTube <laughs> comments or whatever the fuck. That person was wrong. Whoever said that, it's Mariska. When I was touring last summer with Lance and Tim and Maggie, yeah. we did a show in Dallas. And then like the next night we had a show in Houston and Dallas and Houston hate each other. And I didn't know that. Oh, no. So I started being like, oh, do you hear what Dallas said about Houston? <gasps> do you hear what Houston? I was like, ta- I was like talking shit just for funsies, Houston and Dallas. Oh Don't my God, me. I know. Stirring the shit. I know. Mexia. Exactly. To the layperson. <laughs> right. But it's Mejia. <laughs> I would be putting the hey. I'd be putting the hey in Mejia. If there's not a gay bar. I know. That's spelled phonetic. Mahaya. <laughs> what I are mean, we doing, Texas? We did it. Goodbye. What the da- fuck da- da- are we da- doing? Da- 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 da-